Fundraising is the process of seeking and gathering voluntary financial contributions by engaging individuals, businesses, charitable foundations, or governmental agencies. Another way to look at this is a word called philanthropy. Philanthropy is the desire to promote the welfare of others expressed especially by the generous donation of money to good causes. On this special edition of the Black Equity Podcast, Thanksgiving edition, we want to look at giving. We want to look at what is the art of giving and what does it look like to be fundraising for the culture. Our guest today is one of the best in what he does, and we look forward to you learning everything you can from him. This is DJ Motri of the Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. guest today on the show is the CEO of Bridge Philanthropic Consulting, Dwayne Ashley. During his career, he's raised more than $750 million, and also he's worked with organizations such as Jazz at Lincoln Center, Success for Kids, 100 Black Men of America, the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, and the United Negro College Fund, just to name a few. He's also an author of four books, and one of them being uh, The Eight Steps to, uh, to Raising Money, Measuring Your Fundraising Impact. Dwayne Ashley comes on our show today and blesses us with true wisdom of what the landscape is for nonprofits and what it takes to truly run big campaigns. This is a special edition of the Black Equity Podcast, a special Thanksgiving edition. All right, Black Equity listeners, we are here for another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. This is actually out of over 200 uh, and 40 episodes. This is our first time being able to have someone on who is in the sector of philanthropy. And so I'm excited about this conversation. Uh, we have the CEO of Bridge uh, Philanthropic Consulting on the line, uh, Dwayne Ashley. Dwayne, are you there? I am. And thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the Black Equity Podcast. Thank you for taking your time uh, to speak with us today. For those who don't know who you are, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your company. Yeah, uh, I am the 
uh, first uh, and only full-service uh, fundraising firm where we can run campaigns, um, you know, from a half a million to the billion-dollar uh, mark for nonprofit organizations. Uh, we do everything from board training to interim staffing uh, to working with the private sector on rolling out initiatives that um, need to be implemented with community engagement of the work of nonprofits, faith-based institutions. Um, we do the marketing, the communications, the PR, the fundraising. Uh, we do it all. And the firm was founded in 2016. I've been in the field for about 25 years uh, and decided uh, after the uh, African-American Museum of History and Culture was uh, built and they ran a historic campaign where African-Americans gave uh, the majority of the funding, and it was run by a non-minority-owned firm, uh, not because the museum did not try to uh, locate one when they started the campaign, uh, but not applied and responded to the RFP because we did not have one that existed that had the capacity to run a large campaign. We have mm. a lot of small boutique firms that do excellent work, uh, but they're not large firms that can run billion-dollar uh, campaigns or campaigns of that size. What do you think, and I'll, thank you for giving that information. I'm just kind of curious, what do you think that difference is between a larger firm that has the capacity and a smaller firm that may not have the capacity? Is it the amount of people that are there or uh, is it the, the, the know-how? What do you think the difference is? The person who knows how uh, to do the fundraising, there are a lot of other jobs that go along with that. So prospect researchers, um, you've got to have the admin back office staff, uh, the people who do the stewardship, the proposal writers, um, the marketing people, the communications people, the case writers. Um, there's a lot of professionals who bring uh, specific competencies that help to make up a team when you're running a campaign of that, you know, of that kind. You have a major gifts officer who does individuals, an institution person who does foundations, um, a government person, and uh, a person who focuses on corporations and sponsorships. Wow. So there's wow. a myriad of people bring um, a diversity of competencies to a campaign. Wow. And so it's a it's a full tribe of people uh, that are working on uh, particular campaigns. Now, you you specifically uh, just reading more about you, you seem to focus on uh, African-American based organizations. Is that correct? Or have you worked with uh, other organizations as well? Yeah, I have worked um, throughout with the mission to serve communities of color. That includes okay. African-American, Latino, Asian-American, American Indian. Um, and we felt that that was where the greatest need was for our services and where there was a huge gap uh, in firms that focused on these communities. Um, and so when we launched the firm, we launched it with the mission to serve them. Uh, we priced ourselves so that we could, it wouldn't be a barrier of entry for our community to work with us. Um, and we go in with a unique understanding of the cultural sensitivities of our community um, that comes with, you know, building the nonprofits and many of our nonprofits who've historically uh, not had equitable funding. So um, we bring that level of expertise and understanding. So for someone who's listening to this, they may have never even heard of uh, philanthropy. What exactly is uh, philanthropy and I guess the basic terminology? What is it? And why, why have uh, a lot of people not been introduced to this concept? Yeah, um, I think, um, you know, many people call it, you know, giving um, mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, supporting uh, causes that you believe in from an altruistic, fun from an altruistic standpoint, uh, because philanthropy is, the, is when you give to your church. When you make a donation right. to your church, people who give um, where there is not a quid pro quo attached to it, 
but you're really investing in uh, the nonprofit or an individual or family members because we can do philanthropy with our own families um, that we want to support. So it's the act of giving um, without a quid pro quo being attached to it um, and really investing in things that help to make the world and the community um, or the environment uh, better. And even in the case of strengthening your own family uh, to create opportunities for them to pass on to generations to come. So how did you get into this work, this line of work? When, how did, what, what moment happened in your life where you said, Ooh, this is, this is it. This is where I, where I'm called to be. Yeah. And uh, Wiley college in Marshall, Texas. And uh, while I was in school, it was a United Negro college from member school. I got involved um, through the pre-alumni council for, you know, we were raising money for UNCF fire school um, and they were matching funds that came back. And um, I started to gain an interest in it, you know, from doing that kind of work. Um, and then when I graduated, I went to work for the United Way in Houston um, through a family friend who introduced me to it. And that's when the light bulb kind of went off. Like I've discovered something that I was never told about in college. I'd never heard anything about it because still fundraising and careers in philanthropy is still considered an emerging industry, believe it or not. Mm. Um, even though it's been around for a long time, it's defined as an emerging industry. And so having been introduced to it and recognizing that I had access uh, to key leadership uh, and stakeholders in the community, I realized like, wow, this is an incredible opportunity uh, to be able to bridge the gap between people who have resources and organizations that need them and make something magical happen. And it was there at the United Way when the light bulb went off. But, but really with my early work with UNCF, when I realized I, I really liked it and I wanted to be able to make a difference in my community. So when you're working uh, with, uh, I guess, external uh, companies as you're consulting with them, what have you found to be uh, some of the challenges or some of the issues that uh, they had prior uh, to working with you? What are some of the root problems that you're, you're helping to solve? Yeah. Many of the organizations in our community, um, because we have not always had these resources, um, we have worked with the resources that we do have to get our missions accomplished. So we often went into the work um, without um, a well-defined development infrastructure where um, you've got systems mm -hmm. in place to track your uh, outreach and your donations and to steward your donors properly. You've got an engaged board that is involved in the fundraising process, understanding where their strengths and weaknesses are to really help drive success uh, in the fundraising process. Um, and also having a really good prospect list um, and having everything in order in the organization. Um, and so you've got to have all of those components to really make for uh, a well-run campaign in the sector. Um, so um, that's what we find when we go in and we work with organizations um, that they just really need some retooling um, and some guidance to put those things in place. You have a lot of committed uh, board members and staff who really want to want to maximize the work that they do and they love the organizations, love the work that they do, but they just need some additional tools to help them be successful. Now, I've noticed you worked with organizations such as uh, Thurgood Marshall College Fund, United Negro College Fund. Uh, how, what has that, that experience been uh, working with, uh, to me, historic, uh, truly in, embedded in the culture uh, organizations. What what has that experience been like? Elevating for me personally because I've elevated my community through my work. Um, I've opened the doorway for many other people in the sector to come through and train under me uh, and work alongside me. 
Um, and at the end of the day, I, you know, moving those organizations to another level. So um, it's been gratifying. I think the United Negro College Fund has one of the best training programs in the country for fundraising uh, people. It is really UNCF, the Urban League, the NAACP, the older organizations. They really were the organizations that gave uh, people of color an opportunity to do fundraising because had it not been for them, um, you know, who were doing the work early on, um, many people would not have had an opportunity to, to learn about the profession. But UNCF was mm. number one because they, are, they were a fundraising organization. So they were always, I think, you know, more innovative at doing this uh, than some of the organizations that were more service providers. But, you know, UNCF was a fundraising organization. Were, were there other organizations that weren't from our community? Were they trying to block us out of learning about this? Was it trying to, were they trying to keep it a secret? No, I don't think they were trying to, they were just doing their work. Okay. I think people who came to UNCF and worked often came okay. there, got the experience, and they went to other organizations. So uh, a lot of those alumni are people who are doing great work in many other organizations. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so uh, people are listening to this, and I know a lot of people are actually interested in learning, well, how do I get into the space? How do, who, what do I do? So what is kind of the process of someone who uh, wants to uh, be begin a career in philanthropy? In, in the profession, there are several programs at universities now um, that offer degrees and um, certifications where you can learn about the profession. Um, you can learn about which areas of the profession you may be most interested in and pursuing and gain uh, critical skills that you need to improve your competencies uh, in the area. One is the Indiana School, uh, the Lilly School of, of Fundraising at Indiana University uh, is one of the most prominent schools that you know, provides the training and certifications in all kinds of areas. Uh, NYU has a program. Um, there's a program also at uh, Stanford, um, the University of Pennsylvania, where I got my master's. They have a program which is called the Phil School of Government and Nonprofit Management. Um, there's several of these programs around the country. A lot of community colleges have them. But I always recommend people, you know, identify the organization, do some volunteer work, learn about the organization, mm -hmm. get engaged, and then you can move to the next level. Um, because often people who volunteer, we get to see their skill set. Um, and I've hired a lot of people that came in and volunteered and um, we were able to translate that into a full-time role for people because you really do get to see their skill set and their commitment uh, to the organization when they volunteer. So for people in their local cities, what is kind of the best way to approach uh, coming in as a volunteer? Are you uh, just coming in as a general volunteer or is it, hey, I would like to work in your fundraising uh, department or fundraising area? What would be your suggestion there? You may realize once you volunteer that you want to do this, but that may not be the right organization for you. Um, gotcha. So I think you have to kind of go in and assess first, um, because what people have to realize the difference between nonprofits and going into, you know, the corporate sector um, is resources. They are not going to have the resources you're going to have in a big corporation. People wear many hats, um, you know, and for some people, they don't like that. Uh, some people, they thrive on that because they're so committed to the mission. Um, so you have to know going into it that you may have to wear more than one hat um, and you may be stuffing envelopes for the gala um, and at the same time making calls and, you know, doing what, what you have to do to make sure that the organization is successful. Um, and so, you know, I just advise people to go in, get a look at the organization and then determine if that is the right fit for you, because a lot of it is fit. You know, um, many, many people love work that they do in this field, um, but it may or may not be a good fit. So you got to make sure it's a fit for your personality, your values, what you want to do in the world uh, and the way that the organization is structured.
how big uh, this may sound like a crazy question but how big of uh is relationships in your line of work <laughs> it's enormously important um that you build mm-hmm. those relationships you sustain them and you steward them um and that they are going to be at the core of what's going to happen because i tell people this all the time people give to people not to organizations mm-hmm. so it's all about the relationships you that you have and develop uh with people who are driving the organizations uh, that's extremely important yeah, I always ask that because I, I notice a lot of people are always talking about, you know, money this, money that. But really what I found, everybody I talk to, is really all about relationships uh, and how you treat people. Uh, because you, you may work on one project one day and then uh, that person that you worked with, they may think of you five years later and say, hey, you would be perfect for this. But if you didn't nurture that relationship, you know, that opportunity might, might not be there. Oh. You know, we want to bring you guys in and help you guys help us get a big gift. And we always tell people we need to assess the organization, um, assess Mm -hmm. the programs um, and look at where is that relationship that you want to develop, because big gifts don't happen overnight. Sometimes you meet a person, they love the mission, they love the work and they will make a transaction quickly. But for the most part, it requires cultivation and stewardship. um, And people start off with a small investment and then they start to increase it as they get to know the organization better. Is there an opportunity as we're during our travels here on our podcast and other podcasts that may be listening, if we know of an organization that could really use your services, is is that an appropriate way to say, hey, Dwayne, I think this would be a really good fit. Is that a a line uh, that we could uh, or a pathway we can go down making those introductions or is there a different way? Uh, that you prospect uh, potential clients. W-B-W-B-P-C, as in fund. Um, and that's bridgephilanthropicconsulting.com. Um, and certainly we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we do, we're quite active, and LinkedIn. We're quite active in speaking about the sector um, and also posting, you know, on a daily uh, and multiple times a day. Um, and also um, making sure that we keep the community informed of uh, different issues. And we do a lot of training. Uh, we have services that are tailored towards small nonprofits, um, midsize and large. Um, so we have made sure that there's no barrier to entry from people having access to our services. Um, and, you know, the, the, for the smaller nonprofits, we've made sure that, you know, we offer a product called BPC Insights that's quite affordable for people to be able to access our services. Perfect. Perfect. See, I didn't know that. So there is uh, a streamlined method to work with you and, and get the necessary training. Uh, so then maybe smaller nonprofits, someone, uh, you know, can use the things that they're learning from you to help some of the nonprofits in their local area. The, the, the thing that, that I want to make sure that we touch on again is you're talking about the programs and the things that are in place that offer training for those who are trying to work with nonprofits. Can you touch on that one more time? All nonprofits to large nonprofits. Um, the one that is most popular, because um, when you look at the 1.5 million nonprofits, a million of them, a million of them are 501c. 60% of them are small nonprofits, and BPC Insights is the program that we offer. It's one-day consulting uh, where we spend three hours with our clients, and we provide them with a toolkit and a guide for how to implement a successful fundraising campaign and all the things that they need to be doing uh, as an organization to be successful. We got to stop there, everyone. This has been a really great episode with Dwayne Ashley. Our, our time is up with him today, but you never know. We may be able to continue this conversation in the future uh, where we're talking about 
raising the necessary funds, the necessary capital uh, to fund a lot of these really great organizations that are doing really great work in the community. So if you are a nonprofit and you want to learn more, I want you to go to our show notes and learn about the Insights program that Dwayne was just talking about and see if this is a good fit for you. And look at all the qualifications, all the things that are needed, and then reach out. Uh, reach out to their company and let them know, hey, I'm interested. Uh, and if you're someone who wants to start volunteering in your in your own region, your own city, look at some of the organizations and see, well, what's a good fit for me? So then you can start deciding, you know, for the long term of, you know, what area would be the best for you to put your time, money, and resources in. Once again, a great episode. Thank you, Dwayne Ashley, and thank you, your company, for being so gracious uh, to lend us this time, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and I'll talk to you again soon on the next episode of the Black Equity Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast. I am inviting you to join the exclusive Sip and Share Wine Club, which offers monthly and quarterly memberships available, deliveries of two, four, or six bottles of sweet, dry, or both wines right to your door at a 10% discount. Only 100 monthly members accept it. Begin enjoying all the privileges and benefits that go along with belonging to the club. There is no fee to join. You only pay the cost of your wine plus tax and shipping. Two wines is $38 plus tax and shipping, Four wines is $76 plus tax and shipping, and six wines is $114 plus taxes and shipping. Once again, join the Sip and Share Wine Club. This is your invite. Only 100 monthly members accepted.